This is Minnesota Native News Community Health Conversations with hosts Leah Lem and Dr. Anthony Stately. Community Health Conversations is supported by the Minnesota Department of Health. Anine, hello, I'm Leah Lem. And I'm Anthony Stately. We're back with more conversations, more explorations about how healthcare in Indian country is responding and adapting beyond the COVID-19 pandemic. Miigwech and thank you for joining us. Absolutely. We're back together again today. Buju, Dr. Stately. Hi, Leah. I'm so glad to be chatting with you again. You bring such a great expertise to these conversations as the head of the Native American Community Clinic in Minneapolis. And today, we're taking some time to celebrate the success of a nurse from the Red Lake School District, Charmaine Branchad, whose work raised the vaccination rate of her students. We talked to her about what went into the success, and we reflect on her experiences as a healthcare worker during the pandemic. But first, let's catch up a bit about where we are in the COVID pandemic as we head toward Back to school time and uh, the end of summer. Oh, no one's looking forward to that, I think. (laughs) COVID-19 cases and hospitalizations are on the rise, according to the CDC, and the latest strain has been nicknamed ARIS. According to data from CDC, the ARIS strain is a variant derived from the XBB strain of the Omicron variant of COVID. So the family tree of the virus has branched out even more. And also in nationwide data from the CDC, in early August, we saw COVID-19 hospitalizations up about 14% over the previous week. And in Minnesota, there's been a slight increase in hospitalizations over the same period. There's also news of an updated COVID booster on the horizon. The CDC and FDA are expected to release updated boosters in late September or early October. The new booster will target the XBB strain of COVID that we mentioned before. Back in June, the FDA Vaccine Advisory Committee recommended that the upcoming update focus on the XBB strain. They recommend that the booster ought to be monovalent, meaning that it will be only comprised of medicine to combat the most recent strain, as opposed to the bivalent booster we had last year that was focused on Omicron and the original strain. They say it should be as effective as the bivalent, and a bivalent booster is not applicable right now. Hmm. So, Dr. Stately, what are your thoughts on the rise? What are you thinking about? Well, what's that called in plays when, you know, uh, it's not an overture, but it's, uh, you know, something, a theme comes back around. The reprise? Yeah, the reprise. So it's kind of like a little bit like, remember, you recount either last year or this or the school year before that we had like this, you know, this impending thing kind of facing down um, kids' return to school at the same time. And I remember people were really anxious about the state fair happening. I remember it was, um, you know, a really exciting time. Everybody was like, oh, we can, you know, go maskless or wear masks. It's kind of our choice. And we can be in this big, huge setting with like just hundreds of thousands of people, which is about what we're looking at in about a week as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right before school started. And I remember my son's experience that year of going into ninth grade, because that's what we were looking at two years ago. They were really <laughs> anxious about going back to school, and it was also because 
their first couple of days at school, they were just talking about how everyone was sick, everyone was hacking, half the people were not wearing masks. They had a lot of anxiety. And I had to, as a parent, work really hard to help them navigate that space and work through that, the, all of their anxieties. And um, that can be just as disruptive as actually getting sick. And I think there's a good chance that we might be um, facing the same situation this fall. So I just think having parents, encouraging them to be you know, well-informed, um, think through now like how you can best support your child as they go back to school, talk with them about you know, a strategy, how they will manage things when they're in crowded classrooms with lots of people coughing. You know, I tell my sons, like, talk to the teacher or talk to the school nurse. And if they don't feel comfortable being in a room with a whole bunch of people in it that are sick and not masking, that it's okay to say, I don't feel safe in this space. I want to go I'm sit in the library and study or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, helping our kids navigate that space is really important and giving them the skills and the, and the voice to be able to express their concerns is really important. So keeping in mind what's important and when to take those extra precautions like wearing a mask, like making sure you're up to date on boosters, staying home, and keeping in mind your relatives and how you interact with them. And of course, there is the option to not visit your relatives when you're sick. I know that's tough. Mm -hmm. But taking those precautions to prevent further spread is really helpful. Basically, the main goal is to minimize spread when when you get the chance. Yeah, and reminding people that there's lots of ways to get COVID tests, because I think that's another strategy. I would encourage people to remember to do things like when you travel out of state or if you take that last minute, you know, preschool starting Labor Day vacation, that you think about testing when you get back, especially if your throat is sore perhaps, or you think that you have allergies. Or mm. um, I read an article last week where it was like, are those allergies that you think are allergies really allergies? And it was all about like how, you know, the symptoms now for COVID look a lot like what we would think would be just regular standard flu. I mean, our cold even, like allergies. So take a test if you're unsure. It's the safest thing to do for you, for your family and the people you work and socialize and um, and spend time with. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And free at-home COVID tests are available again for Minnesotans. The website sayyeshometest.org is Minnesota's official partner to order tests. You can find the link on our website, minnesotanativenews.org. And in the Duluth area, the American Indian Community Housing Organization is hosting a COVID vaccine clinic on Wednesday, August 30th from 3.30 to 6 p.m. You can find the details on their Facebook page or at AICHO.org. Folks with Medicaid coverage are now required to be recertified within the next month. Watch your mail for a notice from your Medicaid provider or visit NAC or any other community health center and ask to speak with a patient advocate or a MNSURE navigator to complete recertification to keep your coverage. Thank you, miigwech, Dr. Stately. Next up, we'll hear our conversation with an award-winning school nurse who helped her school district increase vaccination rates. You're listening to Minnesota Native News, Community Health Conversations. This program is supported by the Minnesota Department of Health. Find information about COVID vaccines and boosters online at mn.gov slash COVID-19. 
now it's time to celebrate and reflect on the hard work of Charmaine Bronchard, school nurse for the Red Lake School District. She was recently honored as a 2023 immunization champion by the Association of Immunization Managers and Minnesota Department of Health. Charmaine was recognized for her extensive career in healthcare and recent efforts to increase immunization rates for students in kindergarten through second grade in the Red Lake School District. Bonjour, Charmaine. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to the program. Can you please introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Charmaine Branchard. I'm a Red Lake member and also a school licensed nurse for the Red Lake School District. And how do you enjoy being a school nurse? Well, it, it's actually my first go-around. I've been a nurse for 46 years. As you can imagine, I've done all kinds of nursing, and a school nurse was not one of them. So when I took the job in 2021, it, um, I was wondering what I was getting myself into. But, you know, looked at the job description and then kind of molded the position myself because in 2021, of course, we were fully engulfed with, you know, COVID still. So as a public health nurse, I had to, you know, fulfill those duties of COVID testing, giving COVID vaccines, doing contact tracing, all that. So, and, you know, at that point, the schools weren't quite opened up back again. And then once they did, then I helped them with their COVID numbers. Like if the kids came to get tested, I would see the list of, you know, kids that got tested. And then I would let the our contact person over there know that they had so many cases of COVID in their school. So I helped them with that. And then since I'd say January of this year that I've, you know, really been able to focus on a, on a school nurse and what that all means and, you know, really getting that program up and running. I was doing a lot of work during COVID though, you know, 2022 in between times and things were starting to quiet down. I noticed that the one big report that we sent to the Minnesota's uh, Department of Health, the numbers looked way off. I mean, I'm like, wow, we're that low with immunization rates. This can't be right. And we all know that data in, data out. You know, you can get what you want out of data. Depends on what you put in, what you, you know, put out. So I started thinking we really need to dive further into what's going on here. So I think part of my past life was being a detective because I, I really I really like to figure things out. And if I don't know the answer, then I know where to go to. I'm a pretty resourceful person. Just ask my family. Yeah, that's awesome. And um, so anyways, I started checking it out and I noticed that the, uh, the schools that I work for, all of them here on the Red Lake Indian Reservation, they have this uh, computer uh, program called Synergy. And Synergy not only has like attendance where you can keep track of attendance, but it has all kinds of different things in it. And one of the parts of Synergy is a health record for the student. So I was like, wow, this is pretty neat. You know, we can go digital because the previous uh, school nurse hadn't been around for a couple of years with COVID going on because she was elder and then she decided to retire. So then what I did was I started looking at synergy and I started looking at the health records and I was like, oh, there's no immunization data in here. What the heck is going on? You know, and there was some and it was some of it was missing out of student records. So what I found out was that Synergy and MIF, which is the Minnesota Information Immunization Center there, 
they weren't talking to each other for some reason, whatever that might have been. So what we did was I worked with a clerk over there at the school, worked closely with attendance and all kinds of student listing. And she helped with Getty Synergy and Mick, I call them that we, we married them. She ran the report again and the numbers looked so much better. So then my school health technicians, which I have three right now, I have two at the uh, Red Lake Elementary School and one over in Panema. They could go into the Synergy now under the health record and look at immunizations. And we know that we had the correct information. So along the way, they helped me too. Because then what we started doing, meanwhile, between doing a vision and hearing screens in the school, and they were looking at immunization records along with me. Uh, I let them take care of the school side of the records. And then, fortunate, you know, I'm very grateful and fortunate that I work in a building that has Indian Health Service here also. And so I get to look at the medical records too, because I need to find out from their side if the kid is caught up. Because sometimes um, if you give a shot, like maybe here or at Sanford, sometimes it doesn't cross over to MIP, we found. And we have to enter that data in manually. <laughs> so I was, uh, you know, looking on the uh, IHS side of medical records. And so I started putting, you know, cross-checking and putting all the immunization information in those areas that was missing, um, which really helped out a lot. So... And then we, our lists were getting smaller and smaller, which I was happy about other kids that didn't have immunization. So we finally came out with a list. We started at the uh, Red Lake Elementary School. We did a school immunization clinic over there, had the help of uh, IHS pharmacy, IHS clinic nurses that were peds nurses um, and myself, and then had a school health technician. And we ran the school immunization clinic just to back up for a second. You need a consent, you know, from the parents. Well, in the beginning of the school year, what I did was I wrote a letter. Hi, I'm your school nurse. You know, if you need anything and your kids need to be caught up with immunization, you know, da, 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 da. And if you agree, if we have a clinic, can we give your kids your, their shots if they're behind? Sign. Well, a lot of the parents did electronically register with children. So that form got signed. So that was half the battle. We had some kids that didn't have the form signed. So the school secretaries are reaching out to the parents. Can you come in? Can you sign the form? So the wheels are turning. They're already turning with the PEDS team. They said, we've got to get our kids up to date. Yes, I agree completely. So we went over there with a list, I believe, of, I want to say, 51 students. And we did 38 that day from one to three. We were just Zooming through kids. And um, the other 13 that we didn't immunize that day, they were not in school. Also, I started looking at the elementary grades three through five, and I got a list of kids there. So the girls over there, that school health technicians, know which kids need to be up to date. Also, what I did was I went to the school board and I and I called them out on the carpet. <laughs> I said, you know, you guys have this wonderful immunization policy, but you're not following it. What's up? And they kind of all looked at each other. And I said, you know, it says here by the end of September, if they're not immunized or have a plan in place or they haven't um, signed a, a, an exemption. I said, we really need to start doing this. Because I said, if you get a case of chickenpox, can you imagine that our kids out there that aren't vaccinated against varicella or let's just say MMR, measles, mumps, and rubella, for some strange reason, 
you know, we have a kid that went out of the country, you know, that's not from here, but comes and visits us. I mean, come on, you know, and has um, has mumps or measles. So, and those kids that are not vaccinated, that would be um, a good, you know, um, thing to be in. That's that's amazing. Gosh, you're like the um, Native American Aaron Brockovich there of immunization country. <laughs> I mean, you did a whole like thing where you uncovered records and you yes. mobilized an entire workforce to get people to do a really important thing. That's amazing. So yeah, oh, you yeah. deserve that recognition yeah. for sure. Yeah, and I know um, I was thinking back about you know somebody asked me about the success or what makes you know things go, and I said, well, you know, it all started with my dad. My dad um, had a great work ethic. He believed in uh, further educating yourself, whatever that might be. And unfortunately, he passed away before he found out he became a nurse. So, but my mom was quite mm-hmm. proud and kept on telling me, your dad would be very proud of you. And so, you know, it starts back, you know, when your child dreams. Um, somebody asked me, when did you know you wanted to be a nurse? I said, when I was a small child, for some reason, I don't know, I was at a hospital and it's not a dream. I was actually in a hospital and I just love the whiteness of the facility, the clean smell I remember walking past the dietary department. They were cooking something and it smelled fabulous. And I'm like, I fell in love with the hospital, you know. And so then that image stayed in my mind. And then as I was going through junior high and high school, I said, I got to do something. What do you want to do? I really want to be a nurse. Well, when I told the uh, counselor at school what I wanted to do, she said, no, 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 no. You can't do that. You're not smart enough. She actually told me that. Wow. And I was devastated. So I thought, well, I'm going to prove you wrong. Yes. First of all, I had to test off the waters. I went to a junior college for one year, and it felt like I was back in high school again. So I said, okay, let's cut, let's cut to the chase. Um, so then I uh, applied to College of St. Scholastic was fully, um, the tuition was fully paid for throughout my, you know, four years there. And wonderful school. You know, I didn't know what I was getting into until after I left, you know, about, some of the things I probably should have taken advantage of over there, but it all worked out, you know, and I love college, you Saint Scholastica and, um, you know, their nursing program. And then along with that, you get a public health certification. And that's why I was a licensed school nurse, because I do have a public health nurse certification along with the BSN. So, well, congratulations. That's great. Wonderful work. So one thing I was thinking was, you know, we're about ready to go back to school here shortly, right? And you've done all this work with immunizations. Yeah. What is the school um, up in Red Lake? What's what's going on with the school's approach to COVID, um, being COVID prepared? Um, folks are encouraging people to get vaccinated or um, get get their booster if they haven't got them. Like, have you been having conversations about that with your colleagues and also with families? Yeah, well, I plan on getting uh, a conversation going with them only because now I know what the requirements are through the Minnesota Department of Health. I went to a Northwest Regional Nurses meeting yesterday, and they talked about, you know, when we had COVID, you had to submit every case. It was quite, you know, uh, uh, intensive, you know, Mm -hmm. um, thing to do every day on, you know, hundreds of kids in your school. Now they have it where if you have... uh, 10% 10% or more of your kids missing from school because of gastro or respiratory, you need to report that. So they changed it. It's 10% of your student population in that school building. 
And as far as Red Lake, we had a great response for COVID vaccines. We were hitting probably about 65%, if not a little bit more of our kids that were getting the COVID, and, you know, the second shot. So we, I mean, we had, we had an enormous uh, positive response to COVID vaccine. You know, our people here did not even want to deal with that. You know, they've had enough um, tr- trauma, you know, that they've endured during lifetime, you know, to deal with any of this stuff. And, you know, unfortunately, we did um, lose people. I think we lost about 21 people, I want to say, to COVID deaths. Hello. And um, we had a, over 3,000 cases that we did contact tracing. Labor, labor intensive. So I'm hoping this year, we haven't seen, knock on wood, um, a lot of COVID up here right now. In fact, you know, Walking Clinic is doing the fourplex testing with RSV, you know, influenza A and B, and then COVID. So, and I haven't heard that we've had a spike up here, and I'm hoping that we remain that way. And if we do, you know, we're ready. Thanks. Charmaine, is there anything you want to make sure that we ask? <laughs> Maybe a little bit about my family. Um, I just told you that my dad was, you know, a famous Ojibwe artist. And I, I have Robert Tijarle, who's also a very, very, very awesome artist, you know, and has his stuff available. Um, he's actually kind of retired, but, you know, let's get back into his paintings and, you know, yeah. stuff like that. And then Patrick is a high school art teacher. And uh, and then I have a sister in Albuquerque who's retired. She used to be a chemical dependency counselor and social worker. Mm-hmm. And then on the side, she did um, artwork. So she was a lot into pottery and, and jewelry and stuff like that. And then I have a brother, Ron, who's a chef down in Minneapolis. And then I have my brother, uh, Delmar, who's retired. So that's kind of my family. I, I've been married for 50 years to my wonderful partner, Mike. And we have two children. And... Uh, the oldest, Christopher, uh, works for Housing Matters in Bemidji. It's an organization that helps homeless people get jobs and homes. So he's been doing that for about four years. Very rewarding. He loves his job. And then my other son is uh, a nerd in the family. He's IT. So he works for the tribe. He works right now with the engineering department. So, yeah. But, yeah, Michael's our nerd. <laughs> <laughs> well, I see here that your mother was an influence. On you becoming a nurse? Oh, yeah. My mother, I, yeah, I was talking to somebody the other day and they said, well, who is it influences? I said, uh, started out with my, you know, great grandmother. I mean, just think if she went to cured my father from blindness back in the day. Because mm-hmm. um, that's what happened. My daddy was blind for about two years when he was about four or five. And I, I guess there was some kind of eye disease that was going around back then. Probably we're talking about the 1920s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and anyways, um, his ma, his grandma would go out in the woods every day and find the medicines that she needed to help, you know, help him with his condition. Well, after two years, one day, suddenly he could see. So if it wasn't for her to, uh, for him to regain his vision, you know, through her and through her medicine, I don't know where I'd be today. You know, I mean, he was only four or five. So I think medicine and health runs in our veins in our family on my dad's side. And then um, on my mom's side, I had a great-grandmother that was in a wheelchair. And she spoke Ojibwe, you know, hardly knew any English. And so there I am, a little girl running around, great-grandma, and her name was Nanny. And I was trying to figure out why she didn't have a leg because she had an amputation. 
And then why she couldn't talk to me regularly or normally. <laughs> well, uh, but she was a very strong woman, definitely. Mm-hmm. Came, she was probably in her 80s when she passed. And then my mother, yes, my mother was, I like to say she was the one, went beneath my wings. Very supportive. And then my grandmother, too. My grandmother, I just loved her bell. You know, she helped shape me when I was a teenager, going and staying summers up in, here in Red Lake, just getting all the love from her and showing me how to cook and bake. And and she raised a big family. I think there was, uh, I want to say, 11 in that family. Oh, There's quite a few, so, yeah. It's a good reminder that um, kids need immunizations and they also need um, love and inspiration and support and all kinds of things to flourish. Mm-hmm. So, and yep, I agree. You have a beautiful story. You have a really amazing, beautiful story. Thank you so much. And as we close out our conversation, Charmaine, what message would you like to share with Native communities as we navigate towards a healthy future? I would say to gather all the information that you can so that you can make a wise choice. You know, um, sometimes what I find is that people don't have all the, you know, information. So they're basing their decisions either on misinformation or no information or just a little. I have a really good example of that. When I first started Indian Health Service in 1992, um, they were up and running with their diabetes program. And I said, okay, let me see it. Well, (laughs) they had brochures from a pharmaceutical company to hand out. And I went, what are you doing? Just you have to have a college education to even read this. What are you doing? So they they went, oh, I go, yeah, you're not even age appropriate. I mean, you're not even appropriate to give this out. <laughs> so I started looking for uh, information on diabetes. Couldn't even, could find some through the American Diabetes Association, but, you know, started somewhere, you know, just started getting that information out to people. It's really important for us to remember that and to speak at people's level. You know, don't mm. speak down to them. Don't speak up to them speak with them. You know, I, I see that so much where people are trying to talk to other ones or communicate and 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 I'm 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 ready to put a stop sign up and go, wait, wait a minute, let's let's look at this conversation. You know, you you really need to and you need to find a way to and people and you need to remember that people learn things at at, at uh, on different terms. Like some people are real visual. So they like, you know, like to look at pictures. Some people like to read. Some people like hands-on. An ex- excellent example is my coworker came up with what do leaky kidneys look like? Because look like? when you have diabetic, you know, nephropathy, you know, your kidneys are leaking, right? Well, she took a, a strainer and she poked some holes in it and then she kind of put some little uh, paste in here and there, but she left holes in it. And she said, this, we got to stop this, you know, progression. So visual... Um, um, things are really mm-hmm. uh, good to show people. So, you know, just really keep that in mind when you're dealing not only with Native people, with but with everybody. Definitely. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Charmaine. And congratulations on your award. I know it was a group effort, but you deserve it. Thank you so much. And I'm going to get a cake out of yeah. it, too. I know I am. <laughs> Holy. Yum. <laughs> oh, nice. It's <laughs> worth it. Congratulations. That's awesome. Chimikwage, Charmaine Branchad, 
school nurse for the Red Lake School District, and a 2023 immunization champion for her work raising the vaccination rates at the Red Lake School District. Thank you for listening today. Jimmy Gwich and Giga Wabaman. I'm Ashley Stately. And I'm Leah Lem, Giga Wabaman, and we wish you health. Minnesota Native News Community Health Conversations is supported by the Minnesota Department of Health. Find information about COVID vaccines and boosters online at mn.gov slash COVID-19.